Hello, this is Mark Thompson, and thank you for joining me for episode 22 of 177 Nations of Tasmania podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking to Olga and her husband Yuri, who managed to get out of Soviet Russia in the 1980s after many years of trying. Their political activity landed them in serious hot water with the Soviet regime, and inevitably they had to leave the country find their way as political refugees in the mid-1980s. That ultimately led to them migrating out to Australia. Please uh, join me to find out more about Olga and Yuri and what their journey was to end up in Tasmania. In Russia, in Moscow, we lived in Moscow. And uh, we met people who were close to Sakharov, academic Sakharov and Solzhenitsyn. We have got even photos of Solzhenitsyn, he was children. So they were very close friends of them. And they gave us different books. And we understood that life is absolutely different behind Iron Curtain, where we lived. And we really wanted to live, we wanted to breathe freely, breathe freedom. So we applied to, well, we collected all documents, but we were refused to go. So it took us 12 years to struggle. It was hard struggle. We had, we had people coming to our house, uh, refusing as well as us. And they were talking on different subjects about Chernobyl, truth about Chernobyl, about many, many interesting things. And definitely government did not like this, what we're doing. And eventually we went for demonstration on the Red Square. And it was terrible, terrible crime. Of course, my husband was in prison for that. And at that time, I had little children, very small children. They put me in some, I don't know, cell. And I was sitting there for a few hours, and children were crying. Eventually, they let me out. But my my husband was in prison for 15 days. For these 15 days, he lost 10 kilos because it was not good prison. It was criminals. It was summertime in Moscow, very high temperatures and no food, just some stale bread. And so after 12 years, they let us go. And it was happiest time in our life. We came to Austria on a plane. First night, we did not want to go to sleep because I was afraid to wake up back in Russia. We definitely despised socialism. But first time living abroad, it was so strange. It was high happiness. But first time I remember, now I can laugh, but that time I was crying. I went to supermarket and I did not know what to buy because everything wrapped, everything is so beautiful on the shelves. And I never seen it in Moscow. Never. We didn't have supermarket that time. And then I started crying. And I said to my husband, let us take what people take. So I don't know what it is, but we will, we will survive. It's a wonderful world. <laughs> We've done that, yes. And um, we finished uh, going to Italy. That time, there were not many refugees, like us, like a few people from Ukraine. They put on us, us on train from Austria, and uh, we finished in Italy, in Rome. In Rome, they put us in a hotel for a few days, and after that, they said that we can move in Italy freely as we want. It was, uh, it was another strange thing for us. We finished in a, uh, we're 
all Russians go because that time we didn't speak another language, just Russian. And we went to Ladispoli. It was a wonderful place on a beach, Mediterranean beach, 45 kilometers from Rome. And it uh, was a wonderful life. We applied to go to Australia. Other people applied to go to America. We went to Australia because we thought we still were very brainwashed and we thought that America is terrible, terrible, terrible place. After that, living in Italy one year, during that time we were, it was company organized by Russian refugee and We were traveling around Italy for a very small amount of money, and it was absolutely wonderful. So we knew what Italy is. We already started to understand what this world, but still it was it wasn't fully understood, of course. So we took plane. They put us on plane to Sydney, to Australia, eventually in one year time, which is wonderful time it was. So they put us on a plane to. It, uh, to Sydney, and we just finished in Sydney. It's hot, hot Sydney. But I was so happy that I did not notice that it's really hot. Then I understood it later after we left in, uh, lived in Sydney for 11 years. First, I found a job myself. I found a job. I could not speak English, but already something. I found a job in a, a Johnson and Matthew company in Kogara. I was in laboratory there, and then I saw job in university in uh, like um, assistant assistant in laboratory laboratory assistant despite i had full diploma of physicist and but i could not really speak english very well but i already started yes and uh, they took me they said no one wants this job laboratory <laughs> assistant <laughs> in macquarie university in Physi physics department so i worked in this job 11 years I progressed to technical officer. I was in charge of laboratory. I already spoke English. <laughs> After that, but my husband could not find a good job because he was a doctor. At that time, it wasn't a good time for doctors. It wasn't a good time for doctors. Eventually, he found a job in Tasmania. And I always dreamed about Tasmania. I was thinking, probably it's not that hot as in Sydney. And so humid that I always was perspiring every day. <laughs> Going to work, I didn't know what to wear. And the traffic was horrible. That time already was horrible traffic. And eventually I resigned, which was absolutely strange for other people who worked there, because it was absolutely wonderful position. It was very nice. And we came to Tasmania, and we really liked it here. It was so beautiful, so different to Sydney. Absolutely different. We found that here I could find black, for instance, Rye bread. We eating rye bread a lot. We like rye bread. Many other differences. Many. I found a job here. So my, my husband went to work with ophthalmologists, with other ophthalmologists. He was not getting much money, but he was always respected. And he had, some, he had to look at patients, patients before doctor does and give recommendations. And he worked with apparatuses, different apparatuses. So it was good. And I found a job in transport department with some projects, something about Tasmanian roads, I think. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to ask you a bit more about um, life back in Russia. Okay, please. Before, before you left. So uh, had you been sort of politically uh, involved or active 
for, for a while. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yes. That's why we, they kicked us out. They kicked us out. They, one day in January, after 12 years of struggling, telephone rang and my husband picked up the uh, telephone and it was man's voice saying, you can get out. They never would, if they call from government or KGB, they would never introduce themselves. They always were Ivan Ivanovich. Yeah, all of them. And that's it. And we left. Yes, we were politically involved. I had person coming to my place when my husband was in prison, in political prison. They came, talked to me. I was by myself in, in our flat in Площадь uh, Nagina with children, of course. And he came and he asked, may I come in? And I said, yes. And he said, I just want to ask you a few questions. Very friendly. He was talking to me. That's why I let him in. And he said, would you finish this? Uh, we, we want to take your children and uh, from you. And government will, uh, because what you're doing is not the right thing. You're against government, against our system. And I said, no, I will never finish. Because I thought, if I will say, if I will be scared, and, I'll and I said, mm -hmm, okay, okay. And, oh, and he said, we will give you your job back because I was kicked out from my job, of course. Again, I was in Moscow University, working in Moscow University. He, they kicked me out. And I said, no, we will be continuing. And this, this guy left. And that's it. And uh, quite a few time and uh, passed. And this phone call from Ivan Ivanovich that we can go. And it was absolutely wonderful. I just could not move. This was, I was happy. I could not move. I was sitting and I was sitting and I, I was just was together with my chair. I could not stand up. It was such a shock after 12 years. So how did you, um, because obviously it was fairly risky to be involved in that kind of thing it is, in that yes, period. So is. how did you start, how did you originally get involved? Originally it was that my husband met a person at his work, it was his passion. And she said, I will give you some books to read. It's from Solzhenitsyn and uh, Sakharov. But she was friend of Solzhenitsyn and she gave us his books or some other books. And it was really dangerous to have even books in, in the house. So we read these books and we really understood that it's not the right life. It's, it's, we did not want to stay there, to live there. So we just decided to start this, to apply to, to immigration, but it was immigration only in Israel, only in Israel. So we applied to go to Israel, and it was uh, a lot of things which really we had to do. We had to receive in invitation from Israel. We passed there. Some friends helped us. We didn't have any relatives there, but there were nice people in Israel who would write you this invitation. And many other things, but for 12 years we were not allowed. We were refusniks. A political refusing, political refugee eventually. That's what we called. It was 
from the first demonstration where been arrested and put in prison, but after that we have about five, six demonstrations in different places around uh, Moscow. Every time we've been arrested, she was on home arrest with children. So, and we organized uh, what it called seminar for refugees uh, in our flat. So it will be professors, doctors, technicians, everybody. And everybody was every, once a week presented lecture for topics they choose, including mm. Chernobyl, including everything, including rocket science, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this way we've been involved. Because Russia was so closed, enclosed behind iron curtain, really, that we even would not suspect that could be different life. Yeah. And no one allowed to travel, of course. It was dream. Yeah. That's why when we came here, we started traveling. It's another question, another story. <laughs> so what did you, what, what was your awareness of the outside world growing up? Only from Russian propaganda, because we, we know that America exists, Europe exists, something exists, but what is going on there, we didn't yeah. know anything about. No, they were saying that America is so bad, we, we decided we will never go there. Since we were in America three times, and we loved America, we just love America. But that time we, no, we didn't at all because they were saying that world outside on the radio every day, on the TV, that world outside of Russia really dangerous and you will die under the fence. If you go there, you die under the fence hungry. Yeah. No one give you food. And we had even another story when we lived in the Moscow and Plushid Nagina. Our neighbor was person from, he was diplomat. He, he was living uh, before working in America, in Australia. And he told me, once I told him that we want to go and we're trying to do it. And he told me, look, you will die under the fence in America or Australia. No one will help you. He was lying. He was especially like, he was instru instructed to lie at his work. He worked in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Yes, after that, they stopped the communicating with us. After I, I revealed his, him that we are going, we want to go. I didn't believe that probably we will. I did not believe. But I understood your question, how we became aware. But since he met this woman, yeah, so, uh, okay, so obviously there was a lot of propaganda about the outside world. And if you yeah. don't know anything else, you just, even you don't believe in still sitting in your head. And even, we will not be able even to go to socialist countries, East European countries. We wanted to go to Yugoslavia, but we could mm -hmm. not. You have to go a pass exam to go for that. It's, yeah. it's absolutely serious. It's probably... Sounds like a joke, but you come to the room, it is sits table with a lot of strange people looking at you like an enemy. Why you want to go to Yugoslavia? It's not good. Why? Even Yugoslavia. I am not talking about capitalist countries. And they say, no, you are not going. So obviously, so in that, that sense, life was fairly restricted 
in what you what you were allowed to life and flats we lived in all flats we never had private it was government gives you this flat and flat is just very small and sometimes you live there with your parents yeah. little flat and no bedrooms we always thinking we very often remember that and say he's here people just think oh it's two bedroom flat three bedroom flat we we would say two-room flat, three-room flat, because in every room people were sleeping, mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. even in the kitchen sometimes. Yeah, I wanted to get an idea of what was, like, daily life like in the, the Soviet period when you, when you were growing up. What really stands out of everything else in in a day is just standing in queues for food. It was really the main thing you, you've been doing, looking for food every day and all day. Just looking for food, standing in a queue, and sometimes your queue just, your place in the queue came to the counter and seller saying, well, finished, butter finished, sugar finished. That's it. You can't do anything. You can't complain. Mm. I remember the country where you could not complain. Yeah, it was different when, when yeah, I was absolutely different. when I was young. Yes. You mentioned about um, just salaries in Russia regarding whatever, whether you're a doctor or doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It was Who you same. are, the same salary. It was the same yeah. level yeah. for everybody. Yeah. But doctors get. Not salary, bigger salary, but bigger respect yeah. from people. Actually, doctors, engineers, teachers, they yeah. receive less than the working class. All right. Yeah. Probably, if you work in factory, no. especially I don't remember specializing that. in something, they receive much more money. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Really? Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the differences that you might have noticed culturally or socially between life in Russia and Australia? The main thing, the main thing, life is easy. Mm -hmm. Easier. 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 In every respect. Yes. Banks, schools, doctors. Theaters. Theaters, yes. It's, it's much more easy life. Because much fair. Yeah, much fair. Yeah, you yeah. pay, you receive your service. Yes. Yeah. In Russia, it was different. Yeah. You can pay, but receive less. Never receive uh, <laughs> what, what you paid for. Yes. Yeah. And um, and I guess you, you can't really complain. There's no, no, no system. No, 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 no one to complain. Yeah. Complaints yeah. will disappear somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. instance, yeah, they have a lot of theaters there in Moscow. But for ordinary people to get there, mm -hmm. almost impossible. Yeah. It was. I don't know what is now, I cannot say. Yeah. But that time, it, no, time. it was yeah. cheap. But if yes. you came from the street, they told no tickets. No, no tickets. Also, also. Also. But they have probably about 100, 200 for people foreigners, from the side. Foreigners, when you pay friends. Types, yeah. or for friends. Yes, 
was very important in Russia to close to close yourself well to wear really good clothes with especially with foreign labels. It was really appreciated. And if you did not wear good clothes, people did not respect you at your work, on the streets. Yeah, but probably it's in the, in the universities and where did No, you I worked work? in the university. In clinics, yes. yeah. But on, in fact, there is probably not. So what was what were your um, sort of first impressions on arriving in Tasmania? Okay, that it's much more green than Sydney, that birch trees are growing, because I love birch trees. In Sydney, it's no birch trees. It's huge roses here. In Sydney, they don't grow such a huge. And temperature, very comfortable. Mm. Climate. Very comfortable for me. What else I can say? Yes, and houses were so cheap. We bought a wonderful two-story house in Rosny okay. on a river. And it was once two-story. And it so surprised me. It was I was telling my friends to come here from Sydney. <laughs> no one wanted because they said, Oh, your children will grow and they they will leave Tasmania because it's um, it's backward place. It's uh, but no, none of my children they adults now. None of them left. Yeah. They just stayed in Tasmania. They uh, found jobs. They they speak without accent, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's wonderful, a wonderful place. My son comes from work, and uh, he biking. Uh, mountain biking, he's flying his delta planes. Uh, he does what he wants. It wouldn't be possible in Sydney at all. And breads. Breads is absolutely wonderful here. You can find rye bread. How easy or difficult was it to get to to know local people in, in Australia okay. or in Tasmania? Okay, it's a good question. Easy. Yeah. Very easy. First, we went, as I said, we went to church in Santais. It was small, friendly, very friendly church. And when I mentioned that I have nothing to wear, which is absolutely true, we just came to Australia with, with two suitcases and three children. And, and I did not know it would, it would evoke some, some movement, you know. And in the evening, Suddenly, one lady from congregation, she drove her car full of clothes. She collected from people in sometimes to our door. It was absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I did not know it could happen. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Then, Then I went to work in the university. And... Everyone wants to be to become my friend there. Mm-hmm. Everyone who works there, you know, all lecturers, yeah, all secretaries, friendly, so yeah. friendly. But when we moved to Tasmania, it was a bit different. Mm-hmm. It was a bit different. So I found that it was a bit more difficult to make friends. Yeah. And my neighbor told me that, you know, it's society, this is different society in Tasmania. It's clan. 
It's family clan society. <laughs> now I can see it very well. Yeah, yeah. I've, it was a bit difficult. I think that's true, and I've heard that from other people that it's yeah, um, yeah. because people here have they already have their families and their their yes. circle of friends. Yes. It can be hard yes. to yes. break into those. The population was not really that bad. It's people just coming coming right now started yes, now coming. Yeah. 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 But when we came yeah. twenty years ago, yeah. it was different. No, uh, 20, yeah, 20, Tasmania, 20 years ago, yes. Yeah. But still, I uh, I could find job. You know, it's uh, yeah. Russian saying, who is looking always finds. No, yeah. You and have to look. We have very good relations with our neighbors here. No yes. problem. Yeah. Yes. But I found that Sydney was easier. Yeah. Easier. And um, you, I think you mentioned when you first arrived, you had almost... No English, is that right? Oh, no, no, almost no. No, probably two, three sentences. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> but we never went to yeah. courses, English courses. I just learned on a job. And yes. I learned because I didn't have a job first. <laughs> I learned from the books. Well, I was going to ask um, whether your children were interested in learning more about the the Russian heritage. Uh, we took boys there, two boys, because Nina at that time, she was pregnant. Yeah. She could not go. Uh, and she liked, they liked it there, no. despite my attitude was that it was horrible. <laughs> Even more horrible than before. I, I guess they didn't have all your experiences no, to no, compare no, with. No, no, no. For them it was like excursion. Excursion, yeah. really, yeah. Yes, to yeah. see places. Oh, they went to... But they are yeah. not interested in the Russian culture. Interested. Not interested in the Russian culture at all. Yeah. No, Russia, yes. Yeah. Even Eugene, oh, he, it's can hot culture. he can read, it's he can speak, culture. but yeah. he is not interested in it. Yeah. No, he reads uh, English books. Yeah. He works among English people. He never had Russian friends. Oh, he did in school. No, he didn't. No one. No one French one. one. Yeah. In Sydney, I don't remember. No, no Russians. No, no. And here, uh, people usually Australians usually ask me, "It's a lot of you Russians here," and I say, "Look, I don't know. We really don't know." <laughs> no, it's not a big. It's here. not a big community Look, in Australia. We here. What do you say? Not not going yet. Assimilate. We here to assimilate. Now we're Australians. That's it. Thank you.